Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this hour of Today's Homeowner Radio. I am Danny Lipford, along with my co-host, Joe Truini. And during this hour of Today's Homeowner Radio, we're going to talk about a little bit about decking. There's still a lot of confusion about composite decking. Is it a good thing? Is it too expensive? We'll talk a little bit about that with a homeowner that's considering those same things. Also, water heater. When should you replace your water heater? Can you really save enough money to make it worthwhile to replace it before it completely done. We'll tell you a little bit about that. Erosion problems, man, you know, rain is supposed to be a time when you just relax. It's very cleansing, but not the case if your yard is constantly eroding. We'll tell some things about that. So glad to have my buddy Joe Truini with me each and every week, and so glad to hear about Simple Solution coming up. Joe, what are you, you going to have a little bit later? I have a great idea for the workshop and how you can use skewers. You know, the I guess they used to be made out of wood, but now they're all bamboo skewers you usually use for making shish kebab or whatever people do with them. I've got a tip for how to use those in the workshop. All right. That sounds good. I've been spending a lot of time in my workshop, you know, and my wife's giving me a hard time. She goes, what exactly do you do? I never see any kind of projects. <laughs> I said, well, well, I don't build, you know, I don't build stuff. You know, I don't build like yeah. cabinets and things like right. that. Uh, it's kind of almost a repair thing. So I repair things out here. Of course, good. now after the holidays and after a Christmas gift of a ski ball, um, a full fledged ski ball machine. Where is that um, kept? Right in the middle of my workshop. And oh, I have, okay. I have, I have drop cloths over it just to keep the dust right, off yeah. of it. Not that I'm churning up much dust out there, but, <laughs> um, but it looks good. And, uh, so, you know, we'll sneak out there and, you know, we've got a refrigerator out there with some, uh, iced tea in it. And, uh, yeah. so we'll go out and, uh, throw a few, just like, just like flashback to the beach back when right. I used to love that skee ball yeah. game. And I thought, well, one day I'm going to buy me one of those and, my wife, uh, unknown to me, uh, as a surprise, she uh, she got one delivered out there, and uh, we put together after about eight hours of wrestling with this um, <laughs> three hundred and fifty pound machine, we wow. got it together, and it's it's cool as can be. The ki- is there the electronics well. involved too? Like where? Oh, oh it- yeah. I mean, it has sounds and music. Oh and, wow! You know, and 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 the one sounds, you know, you 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 know, maybe you don't have such a good game, right. and the voice comes on and goes. Oh, try again. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. That's not right. (laughs) Well, I'll be coming down. I I just booked my flight down to Mobile and be coming down soon to uh, shoot a a new batch of Simple Solutions. So I'll be, hopefully I'll have time to come by the house and play the ski ball. We'll play a little ski ball, big ski ball tournament. Hey, we want to hear from you. We want to hear any challenge that you may have, and you can. we try to make it as easy as possible. You can send us an email at todayshomeowner.com slash ask, or you can pick up the phone and call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the Today's Homeowner hotline. That number, 800-946-4420. we got some great calls this week. Let's tackle a few of those right now. I have stone and brickwork on the front of my house. Do I need to do anything with that? Do I need to uh, seal coat that? Do I need to, I don't know, put it, do anything to keep it nice? Well, I tell you what, that's certainly a good proactive thought in, in any home. You know, bricks are thought of as something that's no maintenance, will last forever, on and on and on. And for the most part, that is true. But let me tell you, when they're new... 
uh, if you go, if you will go ahead and take the time to clean the brick or masonry that you have outside the home, allow it to dry, and then with a pump-up garden sprayer, you can very easily apply clear masonry sealer, and that's fairly inexpensive. Put it in the pump-up sprayer, put a light coat on it, come right back, put a second coat on it, and you'll never really have to do it again. It, it keeps it cleaner, and it keeps it uh, more protected against the moisture that can migrate through a brick wall and start causing some problems. But, yes, it would definitely be well worth that. Let's get another call from the hotline right now. My question is, my son bought an old house, and it has one of those old furnaces with a huge floor grate. There's no ductwork in the house, and the furnace is inoperable. He's got a window AC unit in there just kind of temporarily. Should he cover up that big floor grate? Is that hole in the floor going to pull out the cold air? Boy, Joe, I love when uh, I hear something like that. Look at the passion yep. in that mother's voice trying to help her son yep. out with a few things. I, I love that kind of thing. It's a good good part of home ownership and, and uh, pretty cool. Well, um, I have dealt with a lot of those floor furnaces, and, um, you know, once they're not in use, um, it's good to get that equipment completely out of there. There's no sense in having this thing hanging from the floor. But more importantly, without a doubt, insulating that and having um, you know, to, to make sure that no moisture migrates in or through that hole is going to be very important for that yep. envelope of the home and the energy efficiency. Yeah, especially since a cold air sinks, right? Unlike warm air that mm, rises, cold right. air sinks. So if you have a big hole in your floor and you got the air conditioning running, of course, that's going to go straight down into mm-hmm. the basement. So, I mean, the simplest thing to do, and I've seen homeowners do it, just throw a a throw rug right over it, and that's it. That's right. You don't have to do anything else. I mean, yeah, I guess you could, if you're sure you're never going to use that furnace and never going to need that grate, you can take it up and patch the floor and do all that. But usually the patch doesn't blend in exactly, so you have to put a rug over it anyway. So mm-hmm. at this point, I would just cover it with a throw rug and see if that, you know, if he doesn't mind that and they can live with it like that, that's the simplest way to do it. Hey, Joe, did you know that to keep a rug from sliding around, you right. turn it over Take Uh silicone caulk and you just put little squiggly lines all over it, allow it to dry, then turn it over and it creates a slip resistant situation for your rug. Did you know that? What a good idea. That sounds like a simple solution. That's a great idea. Where'd you you read that? Uh, Todayshomeowner.com. <laughs> Might have been a simple solution. It was that a simple right. solution. A but it does work very that yeah, does, does work very, very well, as all of the simple solutions do. And taking that a tube of silicone and just squiggling it right on the back of the rug, you'll you'll say, Whoa, it just doesn't seem right. And hour later as dry as can be, and it'll just keep that rug from Yeah, make sure dry. it's dry, otherwise you won't yeah. be able to move the rug. Yeah, now. you won't get the rug up. Let's try to squeeze in one more call from the today's homeowner hotline. I called about a water issue with some water damage uh, at a door that goes out into the deck. Apparently some ice built up over the winter and then ran down uh, into the actual floor. Uh, so there is probably maybe a six-by-six-inch area that is rotting out. was wondering what the best way to repair that would be. Well, uh, Joe, one of the tricky parts on taking calls like that, I'm I'm not exactly sure if he's talking about inside or outside. Yeah, I think he's talking about inside, right? But I'm not, I don't know what kind of floor it is. Yeah, it seems like it. And of course, if it's a, let's speculate, if it's a hardwood floor, which you assume it is since there's damage, it's pretty amazing what those guys, the guys that do it all the time, how they can splice in 
the particular oak and those the experienced yep. floor guys they can go oh well that's red oak we can get it over around the corner or that's you yep. know such and such i used to use it a lot but um that's what i would recommend is to just you have to get rid of the damaged wood so carefully yep cutting it out if you're not comfortable with it get get a floor guy um that specializes in hardwood floor they they do this all the time and know how to work with those tongue and grooves and they have the special oscillating tools that can cut that just right but uh can be a little bit of a tricky thing that's one of those things that every time you go in and out of that door he's going to look down and see that rotten piece of wood yeah and if he doesn't repair it it's going to continue to rot and the first of course the very first thing he has to do is prevent water from seeping back into the house because too often we've had a case like this where someone makes the repair mm-hmm. but they didn't they didn't fix the original problem which is water getting into the house so i'm not sure how it's getting into the house because i haven't seen a photograph and we don't have that much information but that's the very first thing of course and then if the floor if you have a hardwood floor that's being patched and it's not stained it makes it a lot easier for the repair to blend mm-hmm. in because mm-hmm. of course there's no stain you have to match it's just clear coat of polyurethane so hopefully this is a unstained hardwood floor and they'll be able to patch it without any concern yeah that's very important on uh you know preventative measures as you're looking for ways to drive your energy bill down really look closely at that threshold and all around each of your exterior doors not only will caulking it sufficiently or using expandable foam in some cases will prevent the air infiltration that's robbing you of energy dollars it also is allowing that moisture in that can cause you a lot of money on repairs just like we're talking about here i've seen some you know just a few drops at a time can make a big difference over the course of a few years so preventative measures always good way to save money around your home hey when we come back we're going to talk about decking before you know it you're going to be out there grilling on that deck you want to make sure you have the right surface for your deck so that it looks good and lasts as long as possible we're going to talk all about it when we come back here on today's homeowner radio don't go anywhere we'll be right back Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. You know, Joe and I are so proud of the wonderful radio stations that carry the show each and every week, just like this one, WSVA 92.1 FM and AM 550 in Harrisburg, Virginia. I've actually been to that station and uh, talked to that great team up there. It's an incredible business there and we're so proud to be on WSVA and we appreciate all of the calls and emails that we get from that neck of the woods. We want to hear from you. You can send us an email right this minute, todayshomeowner.com slash ask or pick up the phone and give us a call at 800-946-4420. That's what Larry in Alabama did. Larry, welcome to the show. Uh, uh, I see a little deck work in your in your future. Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, basically, I got I got a bonus room over my garage, and I, I want to build a deck off of it, a second-story deck with a stairs going down to the ground outside. And uh, I've had some people recommend to me to look at that uh, that composite wood. You know, it, it, it seems like a good idea, but after looking at the prices, I, I was wondering, could I, could I build the structure of that with regular wood and then put composite on top of that, or does it need to be all composite? That's a great question and and one of the kind of misconceptions that we've been dealing with over the years because the composite wood is not a structural component. 
So you actually can't frame it with composite material. You would have to oh. just use it strictly for the top. Like uh, you can use it for the top of the stairs, the top of the um, the deck landing and so forth. The rest of it needs to be a weather-resistant wood, which by far the majority of the species of wood that's used for that is pine after going through the pressure treatment. So framing it with a good quality pressure-treated pine, putting the composite on top is one way to go. But here's what you might want to do, Larry. Do the figuring on exactly how much um, materials you need for that and just lay it side by side on what treated wood would cost and what the composite material would cost. And that's where the decision's going to end up. There's many, many advantages of the composite wood, the low the low maintenance of it. It doesn't shrink. Right. It doesn't warp. It doesn't split. Lot, lots of advantages to it. And also, they've made it look so darn authentic now. It's hard to tell it from a good quality wood. Uh, but that's really where it's going to end up being is, is it worth that cost? Because you're still going to have a little bit of maintenance on the rest of the wood, even though it's treated. You're still going to want right. to put some kind of sealer on that after a few months. But um, uh, it's a tough check to write sometimes when you're when you're trying to, to look at some of the composite materials. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's why I was trying to figure out if it's worth it. But that's, that's good to know. I can just do the regular uh, wood for the for the structure. Um, now, do I have to lay out the structure any different for the composite, or would I lay it out the same? Another good question. You'll want to um, go with 16-inch centers, so nothing needs to be spanning more than 16 inches, whereas with some some other wood, when you're using two-by material, you can go up to 24. But, yeah, you'll need to stay on the 16-inch center route. Okay. Well, good. Well, good. Well, that well that, that, that gives, us, gives us some peace of mind right there. I think I'll yeah, I'll do what you said. I'll compare the prices, and uh, because it seems like it, 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 like you said, it's lower maintenance, and so it seems like it'd be better for something like this. You know, it's outside. You know, I, I ain't got many trees, so the sun would be beating down on it a lot. So I think, uh-huh. uh, I think it'd be, I think it'd be worth it. Well, well, thank you. All right. Well, our pleasure, and uh, best of luck to it, Larry. And uh, um, go ahead and uh, get the ball rolling. You'll be having a lot of fun this summer. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. All right. You take care. Well, we're hearing more and more people from. Uh, looking at those outdoor living areas. I, um, I have a, a webinar that I'm doing with a, a group of people about trends and so forth. And uh-huh. um, still the trend of outdoor living and creating decks and creating patios and using pavers, uh, people rediscovering concrete, decorative concrete. It just seems like there's no end in sight for that trend to continue because like we've always said at today's homeowner, we don't feel like your back your your um, house ends at your back door. It spills right. right out into the backyard. So developing those areas is starting to move up in the ROI charts as far as getting money yep. back for what you spend on it. Plus, it's one of those things that can evolve. You can start out with something modest and continue to add amenities to it to really have that resort feel in your backyard. Strong trend. It is, and it always has been because, you know, you're, if, if you can extend your living space to the outdoor, especially, obviously, if you live in a really nice part of the country where you have several months of decent weather, it, it makes even more sense. And there's no rule as far as how big it can be, what materials you can use, whether you have an overhead structure like a shade structure or not. And as you said, you can start off small and then just add on to it. And how many times have you seen people with a patio and then they make it a screen room, then they make it a a four season room by adding windows. And then of course, well, now we need a deck. So they build a deck or a patio off it and they start all over again. So as long as you have room in your backyard or in your side yard, yeah, you might as well take advantage of it. You're paying taxes on that property. You might as well turn it into some living space. 
Exactly, yeah. And, and it's something, if you do it right, and it's uh, like so many projects, if you really have that master plan in your mind, something that might not be completely implemented for years, right? but if you have the right thing that you can not having to repeat things and you allow enough room for other things or you rough in some water or you rough in power in certain areas, uh, that's that's where that planning it out and really not getting you know too ambitious and jumping out there can really make a big difference. Hey, let's get back to our emails here. If you'd like to send us one, we'd love to get them. Today's homeowner.com slash ask. Lynn from North Carolina says, my house sits on an inclined front and backyard. The backside is more of an incline than the front. What are some ideas for both the back and front to help make the runoff of water less invasive and continuing to erode the soil around my home? And is low maintenance and will add a punch of landscape to the areas. Okay, well, that that, that's, that spells out Asiatic jasmine to me. And that was something yep. I had at my previous house that was you know, on the side of a hill, basically. So I dealt with erosion a lot, but boy, if you, if you do a little plateauing here and there, you know, like using, yeah, terracing, like, you Uh know, you, you, you can use the, um, paved stone retaining blocks very easily. That's a good Uh, idea. My other house, I had a lot of red brick that matched the house and so forth, but, and, and you don't have to, you know, build a wall up three foot tall. You may just do a small area that, um, you know, that kind of can serve as a nice planting bed and yep. any of that. But in the, and then using something like a ground cover that's hardy, easy to grow, like jasmine in, in my area in the, in the southeast United States grows very well. But there's other ground cover that works uh, really cool. And also it gets to be a very low maintenance approach because you get the jasmine holding up pretty well there. You're not going to have erosion right. and you just have a little bit of trimming to do from time to time to keep it looking nice and kept. Yeah, and plus you don't want to plant grass because then you have to keep mowing it and and you know and inclines. It's it's kind of difficult. So I agree. I think now Lynn's in North Carolina, but I don't, we don't know if she's in the mountains or she's on the shoreline. But the thing is, always check with a local nursery person, like at a plant store. And what you want is either ground cover or low lying shrubs, ones that grow close to the ground. You know, maybe up a foot at the most. And they come in all kinds of different colors and they can be evergreen. And But the idea is once you put that in there and they establish a root system, it'll hold that soil in place and you're not going to have this erosion. Um, and in a worst case scenario, you can create a couple of swales and a couple of places for the water to, to sort of control the water and to guide it and then to bring it down to the low-lying areas. Um, but yeah, I think ground cover or shrubs, something very low maintenance that, you know, you don't have to do anything but just, you know, Stay away from it and let it grow. And, you know, if you're not comfortable in doing a lot of that work yourself, you can. there's always landscapers around that are dealing with these kind of issues all the time. And, and uh, also some of the landscape fabric that they use to prevent erosion is pretty interesting, too. Yep. You can buy those at a lot of landscape supply stores. Geotextile, and, um, I think yeah, they geote- call it. Yeah, you can put yeah. this down and it has a little wire staples to, to kind of hold it in place. And um, a lot of it, one that I used... Um, at my house when I was building it actually had grass seed built into it. 
So all you did, you you had your rough ground that you were trying to keep from eroding. So you just roll this right over it and just kind of pin it down. I guarantee you within a week, you can come pull the pins up and throw it away because that grass just shoots right into that fresh ground. It'll hold everything. And it's a a good, easy kind of instant way of preventing any of the erosion problems. So that that type of material is available just about anywhere. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about water heaters. It's a popular subject these days and something that just is a necessity in today's life. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. I hope you're receiving the Today's Homeowner Newsletter each and every week. Over 150,000 people are receiving it now, and you should be one of them. All you have to do is go to todayshomeowner.com slash newsletter and sign up today. It's completely free. We don't use your emails. We don't sell your emails. It's just for us to use to deliver you the most current home improvement information you're going to get anywhere each and every week. So, again, todayshomeowner.com slash newsletter. We also want to hear from you. You can pick up the phone anytime and give us a call 800-946-4420. That's what Julie in Illinois did. Julie, welcome to the show and uh, tell us about the, the your thoughts on uh, uh, possibly a new water heater. Okay. I have an electric water heater. It's going on its seventh year. I had it disconnected for a new floor in the utility room and the pipes where it was disconnected into the water heater, they're full of rust. I didn't know if that Rust can if we can remove that, you know, scrape it out, and if it's okay, or if it's just time for a new water heater. Yeah, we see the photographs you sent, Julian. That has a lot of rust in only seven years. Yeah. First of all, I would be a little concerned about why there's so much rust contributing, um, you know, inside the house. That may be something that you might want to look at some kind of filtration on. You know, when you have the water heater life expectancies uh, eight to twelve years. I've seen many of them. I have one right now at my little river cabin that's 23 years old. Of course, I don't go down there that much, so I don't use it that much. But they will last a long, long time. But it goes back to the efficiency of it. The um, units nowadays, and you don't even have to go with a tankless necessarily to save a lot of money on your water heater. It's a good time. If you already have it out, it's a good time to go ahead and replace it. What's your thoughts, Joe, on uh, on the rust situation? Because that certainly is not going to make a water heater last as long as it should. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Julie, there's a little bit of a puzzle. Um, Sometimes um, corrosion is caused by a small, very small, almost undetectable leak. So it's not water pouring out onto the floor, so you recognize it, but so you can notice it. But it's just enough that it would cause corrosion. And sometimes, and I think this might be the case here, it's due to electrolysis. We have dielectric nipples. Nipples are simply short pipes that have threads on either end, and if they, if you cross metals, if you have like a mix of copper and galvanized, you can get this corrosion. The, the fact you have it in both the hot and cold seems like that could be the issue. So you'd have to have a plumber come and take a look at it and just ask them if it's caused by electrolysis or sometimes it's called galvanic corrosion because it's galvanized. There's a galvanized pipe attached to copper or whatever, and it's not supposed to be because metals, dissimilar metals don't 
play nicely together. And, and there's ways to fix that, um, usually by introducing some kind of plastic. Either way, I'd have a plumber come in and take a quick look at that. Have you had, did you have a plumber disconnect this or did you do this yourself? Uh, uh, no, I had someone do it for me, a friend. Oh, okay. Well, I would ask, a, I would get a plumber in here, have him take a quick look at it. Shouldn't take more than an hour or two at the most for him to, to diagnose this and fix the problem. And then you could also take out the anode rods, ask him to take out the anode rods and check those. There are two rods that go down inside the heater typically, and they're sacrificial elements. And what happens is they're made to, if there's anything in the water that's going to attack the inside of the tank, it'll attack these rods first and rot them out. And so if you pull it out and it's completely rotted, then you know there's an issue with the water as well. Okay. Can those anode rods be replaced? Yes. Okay. The only issue is sometimes there's not enough headroom to pull them all the way out because they're installed in one length in the factory. Of course, if you don't have enough headroom, they do make ones that have a, you can bend them slightly to get them in. But again, that, that would be the plumber's concern to get those new anode rods in there. But at least have them pull them out and take a look at them. They might be fine. Okay. And that's something to look at. And then uh, if it's two different kinds of metals, right. have those uh, pieces replaced so they're same kind yes. of metal? Yes, yes either the same time, or uh-huh. there's usually like a, they can put in a, a, a fitting that has a plastic line or something that separates, prevents the contact of copper and galvanized or whatever the materials might be. Okay, and then when you're talking about a leak, would that be uh, on the top where like these bolts or whatever that yep. are rough? Is that yep. where the leak should be if there was a leak? If there was one, yeah. Sometimes yeah. the leaks are so small, like I said, you don't detect them because the hot water will will, um, you know, hit the hot fittings and it'll evaporate before it leaks right. onto the floor. Yeah. Okay. That gives me some direction of which way to go. I appreciate it. Oh, you're hey, welcome. Our, our, our pleasure, Julie. Best of luck on that. And uh, pretty smart to be thinking along those lines because that water heater, you don't want it to, to shut down on you. So you have a great weekend. Hope everything goes well on your project. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. All righty. We get a lot of questions about water heaters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we really yeah. do. And, and and still, it's a kind of a mysterious um, system in your home. I always yeah. say that because, you know, you never, um, I mean, I've asked people, where you know, well, where's your water heater located? Um, <laughs> I don't know, you know. and I turn on because, the faucet and the water comes out. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's not because they're, you know, um, not all there. It's just because it's one of those things yeah. that you never have to worry with. I mean, it is a good idea. Um, we talk a lot about flushing your That's water right. heater. Yeah. We haven't mentioned that in a while, by the way. I know it. And and I would encourage you to go to todayshomeowner.com and check out how to flush your water heater. It's very simple, but when you do it, you will realize why you needed to do it, especially if you're at the end of that hose and you right. see what's going to yep. come out of that water heater, because very often it'll be a very milky, chalky kind of a um, sediment that's in there that, yes, you're drinking this and using it for for showers and stuff. So um, draining that out and getting that from your water heater it's going to be healthier water. It's going to make your system, yep. um, your your water heater work a lot easier, and that'll make it last a lot longer. Um, that that's a that's a pretty important one. And and knowing where that water heater is and just kind of eyeballing it every now and then, um, if it's in the attic, make sure uh, if it's a gas that it's venting to the outside. Make sure there's no drips. A lot of times, like you said earlier, Joe, you'll have minor leaks that you hardly even see until it's a big big right. problem. And uh, you know when you um, you know, think about water heater location when you're building a new place. You know, you want to keep it centered as you can so that you're not having to wait for as much 
uh, water. But boy, the uh, some of the ones I saw out at uh, the recent trade show I went to, the International Builder Show, they're yep. still fine-tuning and making these water heaters incredibly efficient. Um, so that's something that uh, Julie could consider there as one of the advantages. Well, whenever we talk to someone, they said they have a 20-year-old or 18-year-old water heater and they're trying to fix it. It's like, you know what? You're at the end. You've actually extended the life farther than you probably should have. You're going to save so much money because those old ones are so inefficient. You're better, right. better off. Even though it's working for the most part, you're mm-hmm. better off just getting a new one. Take up less that's space right. and you'll save energy. Exactly. There's a, that's what we want you to do. We want you to have a good-looking house, but we also want to have, have one that you can operate very efficiently with making it as efficient as you possibly can. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, we're going in the aisles with our friends at Home Depot. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for us to go in the aisles of Home Depot with our friend Danny Watson. Danny, uh, you know, springtime, you guys always get so hyped up around springtime for good reason, because there's a lot going on around there. And I know one of the things that uh, I always look forward to seeing the availability of all of the different workshops, not just for us grown-ups, but also for the kids. It's an exciting time for those around the depot. Yeah, the workshops, that's a great way to gain experience, learn about tools, painting, whatever project you're working on. You know, we have them in the store, but we also have them online, so you can watch them from the comfort of your living room. There's live stream and on demand, and some of the popular ones are Homeowner 101. That really covers the basics of of keeping up your home, and there's installing flooring, backsplashes, you know, painting a deck, smart home projects. There's just a whole library, and if you go to homedepot.com, backslash workshops that you'll see the entire library that you can choose from. Yeah, I really enjoy it, you know, from the standpoint of uh, entertaining and teaching kids as you go along. Boy, when you, I sat down recently with, with my grandkids and built like the little, little birdhouse and the little fire truck and just real simple things like that. And it was theirs. Don't try to take it from my hands. It is mine. And, <laughs> and uh, you, you, it's, it's great to see that in kids that, um, that instant gratification that we all realize when we do things around the house. But opening that door and showing that path, that's something uh, Home Depot's always supported very well. Right, and those kids' workshops are the first Saturday of each month from 9 to 12. So bring the kids down and uh, let them get busy building. And, you know, Home Depot's also done so much in the different community service and giving back to the community. Why don't you tell our listeners about the Retool Your School school grant program? Because this is something I don't think a lot of people realize that's been going on for quite a while. That's right. Well, this year, the uh, Retool Your School uh, will be giving back to the nation's historically black colleges and universities. And this year, we're, we're making an investment of $4 million, $2 million going into the investment of the students, and that's preparing the students for their future careers, and then also $2 million going into the campus, and that's supporting sustainable campus enhancements. And I think this is just a great way to support education. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, over this last uh, few years, I think everybody in 
the country realize is we need more people helping out and knowledgeable about construction because the lack of skilled labor is a big issue, and that's going to really affect us, um, you know, down the road. So I'm glad to see things like this that will kind of help address that shortage. Absolutely. Yeah, we we need the workers, and this is a, a great way to invest in the future of these workers. All right. Well, you can go to homedepot.com and find out more about Retool Your School, find out about the workshop. Grab those kids, grab your, your spouse, and head down to Home Depot, pick up a little free knowledge. And while you're there, go ahead and pick up the materials you need to go ahead and start executing some of those projects. Danny Watson, always a pleasure to have you, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Hey, let's grab another email here real quick. You can send us one right now at todayshomeowner.com slash ass. This came from uh, Romney. Uh, My home has uh, CPVC water lines. Should I replace them as as CPVC? gets brittle when it ages. In particular, it is threaded directly into the hot side of the electric water heater. The pipe has turned a dingy brown color. Do you think I can back out the plastic fittings without breaking it off? Is there a way to lubricate the fitting to make it easier to be removed? The water heater works great, but it's 25 years <laughs> old. Wow. So, That's almost twice the the longevity yeah, expect. Yeah, um, wow. Romney, it's time to part with your friend. Um, you, <laughs> you you really need to change this out. I would not wait. I would go ahead and get a plumber in there, get a nice, efficient water heater. You don't have to go with a tankless water heater. You can go with a regular water heater just like you have, but it's going to be so much more efficient. I would say at least twice as efficient as what you have right here. You'll have more water. It'll be cleaner water. You'll be able to kind of have the comfort level knowing that it's a newer unit. But I would certainly say just go straight for the new one, wouldn't you, Joe? Oh, absolutely. It's just for the energy efficiency. Imagine how much electricity Romney is going to save. What are these? Like 25 years old. That's really... And and again, life expectancy, like we mentioned before, um, usually is not over 12. It's usually 8 to 12 uh, years. So 25 years. You got your money's worth. It's time to... It's time to cash it in and move on. <laughs> and if he really loves it, he doesn't have to get rid of it. He just has to not use it to make hot water. Just That's leave true. it down there. Yeah, you can go just sit it in the corner it. of the living room, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and you give go. it a name. That's the way to do it. <laughs> hey, Joe, we got a simple solution time coming up. What can we expect? How to use skewers, those bamboo skewers, in the workshop. Oh, man, that makes me want some shish kebab. I think I'm going to have some <laughs> shish Of course shish it kebab. does. Why does food, why does it always go back to food? I don't know. I'm not, not that much of a foodie, but that, I love shish kebab. Okay, we're not talking shish kebab. We're talking simple solutions. It's coming well, up next. I'm not right. talking shish kebab. Oh, yeah, Danny is. Right. <laughs> coming up right here on this day's Homeowner Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. You'll want to hear this one. Today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Always so glad to be with you each and every week, and I'm so happy when we get to this part of the show where my buddy Joe Truini can shine. He, he back in back in school, I bet old Joe would get up with his little paper and he would uh-huh. give his little report. And right. now he's on national radio. So go for it, Joe. Yeah, I'm nice and shiny today. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> um, here's how to use bamboo skewers. You know the type you use for barbecuing. How to use them in the workshop. And I use them um, around the workshop for like to puncture the foil seals inside tubes of 
caulks and sealants and, and adhesives. They're also great for spreading glue into mortises, dowel holes. I used them recently to spread glue into some biscuit slots where I was using my biscuit joiner. Any tight spot where it's hard to get glue into, you can use these. I tried using them and they work great for plugging strip screw holes. Yeah, we have a hinge, we have a small mm-hmm. screw hole. Um, we've, we've had a simple solution using a wooden golf tee, but I don't have any wooden golf tees, but with these bamboo skewers, you can put one or two in, hammer them in, you can spread a little glue on them first, cut them off flush, then drive the screw and they're essentially just filling that hole. Um, and again, the bamboo is, is very resilient and very strong and you can drive the screw right in. Boy, when you mention those examples, you can think about all kinds of things that you can use it for in the house, but certainly out in the workshop, talking about using it to push down into caulking tubes or to clear, you know, you always have to clear the little spout there on the the glue a lot of times. So um, that gets a regular glue bottle, right? On all of that. So. But you probably wouldn't want to use them and then take them back in the kitchen and use them for shish kebabs and everything. You Sounds like you wanna... already did, yeah. Danny <laughs> well, had trouble like, getting the shrimp off. I can't uh, imagine why. It's tight bonded keep, to the keep, stick. Keep that kind of separate there. Hey, let me remind you what you can see on the Today's Homeowner Television Show this weekend. We're calling it a clean slate. It's part of the Chelsea's Ranch Revival series that we're doing at her house. We've done six or seven shows there. Had a lot of great response. It's time to make her laundry room a little nicer looking, more organized, and more functional, which is pretty darn important when you have four kids and a husband. That is a lot of laundry that goes through that very important space. But we'll show you how some very practical ways of using hanging space, using standard cabinets, also using leftover granite that was going to be thrown away, and Chelsea found a way to make a very nice, unique shelf that ties it back in to the adjacent kitchen that she just finished remodeling. So there's a lot of little ideas here. And also, if you have a trouble with a dancing washing machine that wants to dance, walk around, (laughs) they walk around a little bit, um, it actually scarred her brand new hardwood floors. Yeah, made her feel so bad. But she stopped the the washing machine from moving, and she shows in the show how to repair that from the pretty significant scratches in the hardwood floor and made them completely disappear. Go to todayshomeowner.com, find out where you can see it in your neck of the woods. Joe, she sure has been, you know, very uh, vigilant in continuing to improve that house. And uh, next time you're down, we'll have to drop by and show you the progress because she is working all the time on that. I'm amazed at some of the things that she's doing, but she's turning the corner and the place looks pretty darn good. Oh, good. I remember when I very first saw it, they had just bought it, and I don't think they had even moved in because uh-huh. um, it was all really – when was this house built? Like in the 60s, I think? Yeah, it was, uh, I think, 1958. 58, uh-huh. and the same family lived in it the same, entire time. Same owner, which is fantastic that you yeah. haven't had people you know, doing certain things right. on it over the years. Sometimes they don't all fit together and look original. Yeah. This looked like a time capsule in a good way. Yeah, in a good way, because otherwise you have to repair three or four remodeling jobs instead of just one. So uh, she had a clean slate. And I know she spent a lot of time. She came to live with you. Her, her family lived with you That's while the right. floors were being done. So I'm sure yeah, she was distressed when those brand new hardwood floors get scratched up. But fortunately, at least it's in the laundry room. Exactly. Hey, that's pretty much going to wrap up the show for this week. We certainly appreciate you spending some of your busy time with us. Joe and I always have a great time. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my co-host, Joe Truini, our great producer, Corey Wilson and Jacob Scarborough. We appreciate the whole Today's Homeowner team, and we hope you have a great week. 
We'll see you next week here on today's Homeowner Radio.